warning, trigger warning. Contents of this show include rape, suicide, suicidal thoughts and ideation, violence, trigger warning for this episode. I skip myself today. You got a fast song. I want to skip it anyway. Might as well skip. Might as well skip. Go on to skip. Might as well skip. Okay, welcome to the Skippables, the podcast where we find the worst songs from the world's best artists. I'm your host, Gio Chumpatazzi. I'm here with my co-host, Josh Lopez. How's it going, Josh? Good. How you doing, Gio? I'm doing great. And of course, we're always here with Leon the Professional. How's it going, Leon? How's it going, everybody? Hi, Josh. Hi, Gio. Leon, Leon. And uh, we are our first guest. This is our first episode. Uh, we had to have the daddy on, Matt Gray. <laughs> Matt, how are you? Um, Matt right. is a musician, prolific. He's been in uh, uh, so many bands, you know, including The Lice uh, being the latest one, but he's in Bipanese Terror. He's <laughs> in um, Shivering Window. Former Bring Your Own Death. Exactly. Yeah. So... Yeah. Matt's no no stranger to music. How are you, Matt? Good. Good. Surviving. That's great, dude. I think this is the first time I've seen you, uh, Matt, since uh, the pandemic. Yeah, I look the same. I, I yeah, you do. You do. Trimming my beard. Have you guys, um, I know that you have uh, your company, uh, Ghost Academy, with your wife. Are you guys having a lot of um, orders and stuff still? I imagine people are probably sending a lot more. We're actually pretty busy with uh, Valentine's right now. I mean, if this, oh, okay, yeah. If this makes the cut to the podcast, check out ghostacademy.com for hand-printed linoleum block greeting cards. Gio, make sure to cut that out. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Sorry, dude. You got to send the check, man. You got to send the check. I'm anti-capitalist after this week's artist. Oh, yeah. Geez. So um, yeah. this week, we, you, you chose Nirvana. Yes. This is your choice. Yeah. Why? Uh, a small discography. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All discography that I was already largely familiar with you know uh even mm -hmm. though i haven't listened to it in full in years but you know it's i, I i'm you know i'm old i'm i i lived through this so uh it's definitely a big influence on my development uh, as a musician artist when nirvana hit in the early 90s and i was a teenager so yeah when you uh when word came of Kurt Cobain's suicide, was it like a big thing for you, like personally? Like I'm sure it was everywhere in the news and everything, but did it like really hit home yeah, for you? It was. It was. Uh, I actually remember how I heard about it as I was walking. Uh, I grew up in a small town, so I should I should say that Kurt Cobain, I would say, is the first rock star that I actually 
maybe the last to be honest but anyway the <laughs> rock that I could honestly identify with like because you know I was mm. like a, kind of a sensitive artsy kid from like a white trash town in the middle of nowhere in Vermont so like you know the stuff I'd been into before Nirvana like Led Zeppelin and, <clears throat> Jen and like you know Black Sabbath and uh, Guns N' Roses stuff like that like I you know those people weren't like me yeah i couldn't yeah. i don't know about that man axel rose and you have a lot in common i was gonna say i was gonna say slash but <laughs> yeah. yeah so i couldn't really like <laughs> identify with like, the music personally that i was listening to you know so when cobain came along it was really like i really did connect with him in a way that i don't think i had before or since as far as a rock star goes so yeah when, the day he died i was walking up uh, i think uh, it was like april or something when he committed suicide i don't know there was still like it was cold. yeah it was like april 5th in vermont you know and uh my brother was walking down the hill we lived like on a really steep hill like you know they don't even mm. have hills like that out here mostly but uh really steep hill and, uh, <laughs> my brother was walking down and he was like oh did you hear it's on mtv kirk Hogan killed himself and i was like Jeez. because you um, a couple months before that, he had, well, they covered it up, but he had attempted suicide in Rome with a drug overdose. Wow. And a friend of mine had told me that he was dead. And I was like, what? And then, like, I later found out he wasn't dead. So I was like, you fucker. So when my <laughs> told me, we can swear on this part, right? yeah. yeah. So when my brother told me that he was dead, I, at first I didn't, literally didn't believe it. I had to, like, go home and, like, check MTV myself. There was no internet then. You had to, like, watched some shitty videos until Kurt Loder came on and was like, yeah, Kurt Cobain, dead at 27, self-inflicted, blah, blah, blah. Damn, so, yeah, wild. They, they hit me like a ton of bricks. I, I, it, it took me a while to like kind of get over that in a way. Heavy. Like, just so... I'm not over it. <laughs> still, yeah. <laughs> yeah, still clinging. So yeah. Nirvana Nirvana came along and your, your taste in music changed. Is that what it sounds like or is that... Sort of. I was already kind of heading in that direction because I was like staying up late, like watching like 120 minutes and shit. Ooh. Like I was, you know, I was in the middle of nowhere. So MTV and like Spin and like Rolling Stone to a lesser degree and like Cream Magazine, which isn't around. Yeah. <laughs> were like kind of my like gateways because there was like no college radio and none of my friends were in the cool shit. You know, they're all like metalheads um, and not cool metal. Like, you know. I was like, metal is not cool. Just yeah, you heard it here first cool. on the Skippables. Yeah, Matt, Matt does not like metal. <laughs> no, I do like metal. That's why my friends were metalheads. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I was already starting to get into stuff like like Sonic Youth and Dinosaur Jr. And mm-hmm. a few of like the bands that were like starting to get popular on like a college rock level before Nirvana. But they weren't like big. They weren't getting played in the daytime on MTV and shit like that, you know? So, uh, was Sonic Youth before Nirvana? Oh yeah, they started yeah. in 1980. Oh wow, wow, wow! Early, early. CBGB yeah. band, dude. Yeah. Damn. Um, so yeah, so I was already starting to lean alternative, and then like Nirvana came along, and like just kind of like the whole thing broke, and then all of a sudden like everybody at my school was alternative, and like I was just like still not cool. So, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of just pushed me deeper into weird shit where I just kept well, fucking. I'm just gonna keep going deeper. <laughs> yeah. What 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 grade were you in when you first heard Nirvana? Oh, I think it was probably freshman year in high school. Oh, okay. So like four. Was it Nevermind or what was the album? Yeah, it was definitely Nevermind. Bleach. Okay. Nobody really heard Bleach before. <laughs> yeah. you know, that wasn't a popular thing, and it, and you know I actually saw because I would stay up late on uh, 
Sunday nights and watch uh, MTV's 120 Minutes, their alternative rock show on Sunday nights at midnight. And so I actually saw the first premiere of Smells Like Teen Spirit, you know? You were there? I was there. <laughs> in studio. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I saw it, like, before most people, but still probably along with, like, you know, 100,000 people who else is watching that. <laughs> Did you see uh, the, MT uh, the MTV Unplugged episode live? Were you there when he covered uh, Man Who Sold the World? No, I think it's kind of funny, like, being there. There's stuff like history is kind of rewritten, you know, a little bit. Mm -hmm. that people don't know because like, uh, Kurt was seen as a bit of a has-been by the time he died. Like, he was definitely, like, people didn't really like In Utero. It didn't sell that much. It was still popular, but compared to Nevermind, like, you know, Nevermind sold, like, 20 million copies and Utero sold, like, five. You know, it's just, like... It was seen as like a huge disappointment and it was less poppy. It was noisier. And I was kind of over it. I'd moved on by 93. You know, I was kind of more into like, I don't fucking know what was going on in 93. <laughs> pavement or like guided by voices or something. You know? Okay. okay. Like, yeah. Uh, this is yeah. like a junior, junior, senior year, Matt. Pavement yeah, guided by voices. Yeah. So I'd moved on. Like Blue I was, album. I wasn't really, I didn't even watch the, the Unplugged. I didn't watch MTV that much at that point. So, like, the Unplugged aired. I didn't watch it until after he died. And I was like, oh, shit, this is really good. <laughs> I didn't know about, like, Man Who Sold the World or fucking, uh, you know, In the Pines until after he died. So, but I'd, I'd stopped. I was a fickle fan, I guess. I always thought The Man Who Sold the World was uh, actually a Nirvana song. I yeah, yeah same. Well, well, it's one of those rare covers that I think is legit better than the original. And that's, mm. and that's something because the original's by David Bowie, who's no fucking slouch, you know? Yeah. In the music department, so, yeah. Yeah, coming from <laughs> us, I mean, Leon, I, and of course Josh, we were all, like, super young. And right. by the time they he died, we were, like, barely cognizant of, like, who he was. So like, I was less than two months old. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Ouch. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The biggest was, poser here. I was three, so you know me. And like, it's like barely memorizing what world is. You know. Yeah, you're listening to like Nirvana for babies, like you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Baby by Nirvana. Nirvana. Yeah. So like, it probably did it always kind of seem like classic rock to you then? Even. No, I mean, you know, it was like the first CD that I got was like that Nirvana Black CD. Wow. Um, it was like that, and I think like I think I got like a Violent Femme CD or something, but Black, like. Yeah. That one was like one of my first, and maybe like a Green Day greatest hits, um, the super hits one. But like, nice. I I thought it was like you know edgy, cool, like uh, like my older brother kind of music. Uh -huh. Yeah, my, I I live with my cousin, and uh, she was in high school when I was in elementary school. So I remember like second grade, third grade, second grade, third grade, getting into music, and also Violent Femmes on a burn CD that the old CD burners that used to have to be like attached to your computer before right. the physical. Right that and then uh yeah nirvana was just like a mtv thing i grew up on uh, yeah. a lot of daria cartoons and uh <laughs> there was music in between the videos you know yeah yeah i'm kind of in the same uh same group my dad was very grunge uh had super long hair so i grew up listening like nirvana not so much nirvana like pearl jam and grunge like alice in change stuff but like Nirvana was definitely. I didn't really see it uh, as classic rock. It was more like this is this is the cool music. This is the edge. Like, I I am a rocker kid. <laughs> right. Well, well, it's weird because my parents are like classic rockers. Like, I mean, 
grew up uh, graduate high school like late eighties, but like they got like the tail end of Nirvana was still kind of cool for them. Like it changed things. Like they they saw the switch over from like everybody obsessing over Guns and Roses to all of a sudden Nirvana. So I don't know. Like I know it gets kind of blown up out of proportion sometimes now when we think about like the way people talk about Nevermind. But I mean, yeah. was it re- was it really like that? It actually was really like that. It was it was a total game changer because um, like overnight like all those bands with the exception of Guns N' Roses and Metallica I'd say like all the hair metal bands were like and Metallica weren't hair metal I should be fair but all the all the uh, like hair glam metal bands were just like not cool anymore there were some people who definitely like held on and were like I'm not going with this alternative rock thing like my brother was like that he didn't get into it you know but mm-hmm. uh well, yeah, for the most part, everyone was like, oh, yeah, this is the new shit. We're not listening to that shit anymore. This is the new shit. And it changed things. It really did, like, I mean, there was definitely a lot of stuff that was, like, a hit in the 90s where, like, now, like, 30 years later or whatever, I'm just like, that would not have been a hit any other time. <laughs> like, that would have not got on the radio. Bob. Yeah. Bob. We're not for Cobain. Yeah. But, yeah, but, like, yeah, all those grunge songs that are really, like, kind of, slow and turgid and like mm-hmm. heavy and like not really cat poppy that were like hits back then it's like songs like i don't know fucking black hole sun which is so slow and five minutes long it's like maybe more and just so repetitive it's like or cranberry zombie so slow so heavy so repetitive yeah. like, Damn. like that getting on the radio like any other era is just like my god i'm not saying the songs are bad i'm just saying back it wouldn't slow yeah. and repetitive <laughs> well i think like pop rock radio is kind of dead in general you know i know that there's yeah and i, I actually have a theory that if we're going to get into my theories Let's that the it. rock and roll era basically is elvis to Cobain, you know and, mm. and everything else has just been kind of reiterations just kind of echoes like you know mm-hmm. the early zeros like the strokes and you know, the last thing that was actually kind of original, sadly, was new metal. <laughs> emo, oh, yeah. too, I feel like is very different, too. Yeah, but, but emo started around that same time. Yeah. Yeah, emo is very, like, in the echoes of, like, hardcore and stuff like that, so. Yeah, sure. Oh, that's really good. So, so I, I never thought about that Cobain and Nirvana being kind of the bookend to rock and roll, like, well, nail in the coffin kind of deal, or what? I, don't, I think you guys are really counting out Jet. Sure. Yeah, yeah exactly exactly <laughs> i mean for me personally i kind of felt like cobain's suicide kind of like shattered the myth of the rock star you know? that whole kind of idea that you get like the fame and the power and the money and you get all the drugs and the women and it's like it's and it's all good awesome. it's so awesome you know and like cobain is like this sucks <laughs> and I think after that it was just really hard to buy into the whole idea of rock stars for me personally I mean I don't really know about it. I'm not speaking for everyone but it seems that it did have ripples I think it had a lasting cultural effect that the idea of a rock star is kind of this hollow kind of silly thing but do you yeah. do you feel bad for him though I mean this is what he strived for and once he got there he didn't like it do and I, you know, it's kind of like I don't think Cobain was a victim so I mean, I feel bad that he was suffering, you know, he, he probably, he needed help. He needed mental health, yeah. he needed to be in rehab, you know, he, he needed to be separated from all of the fame and all that because he needed time to recover and, you know, become a 
functioning human being. So, you know, I feel, I feel like that's unfortunate. And I think that, you know, that was because he was making so much money, like people yeah. wouldn't let him do it. I mean, people forget like his body wasn't found for what, like two weeks or something. So he was trying to do that, like, trying to like escape everything. But, like, yeah, uh, I guess, yeah. But I guess I, I also want to say like I, I didn't I didn't say hey maybe he deserved to kill himself don't don't want to say that Leon <laughs> said it yeah he said it you heard it for you hear first I was not I was not aware that it was two weeks or so that his body was just until it was found like what's like I don't even long, know the really I really don't know the details of the suicide I don't know how long his that. corpse was sitting there but I knew he'd been missing for about two weeks. Yikes. But we're looking for. Like, let, me, let me bring something no. up on that. I want to see that. I yeah. saw something today while I was doing some research uh, that Kurt Cobain was actually um, talking to the singer of R.E.M. wanting to do a collab album a few days before his suicide. And that he had called up the singer of R.E.M. and was like, oh yeah, dude, uh, I can't make it. Something came up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. He was friends with Michael Stipe, the singer of R.E.M., so. Yeah, interesting. interesting. Michael Stipe with hair looks like an alien. <laughs> yeah, we we'll do REM at some point. For yeah, sure. no, we'll, definitely. We'll talk more about Michael Stipe's hair. That's instantly an uh, uh, an episode. So I was uh, I was three, going on four when he died. Yeah, a couple of weeks before my birthday. Yeah. So you're saying you're innocent? That's your alibi. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just to like address it off the bat, I. Don't think Courtney Love killed him. <laughs> okay, yeah, what if, great. What if, what I haven't the seen the, the doc mentor? either. Yeah. Oh. You hear about that one, right? What, Say so it again? Bleach? The guy from The Mentors? Yeah, no, I don't. I, I think it was suicide. I There's really a theory. What, the yeah, what's the mentors, that? The guy from The Mentors, Kurt Cobain, talked the singer of The Mentors into killing Kurt Cobain. I thought Courtney, okay. Courtney Love was paying the singer, trying to pay the, yeah. And then like the, conspiracy? Yeah, like, so kill me? Duche, he has a name. Well, El, El Duce, yeah. Yeah, if you ever do a, a <laughs> episode, that will just be all trigger warning from start to finish. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then he died on railroad tracks like a few months later, and people were like he was murdered to cover up the Cobain killing. But you know, I feel like in conspiracy theory circles, no one has ever committed suicide. Like, yeah, that just yeah, doesn't happen, dude. Exactly. Life is too good. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, all your Epstein's. <laughs> want to be like an armchair psychologist like reading too much into his lyrics or not but like mm-hmm. you read into his if you do i mean he seemed like a pretty prime candidate based on I, his lyrics and his interviews for he was definitely into suicidal ideation you know he's yeah. a very dark nihilistic outlook on the world and he was a drug addict and he didn't see a way out of his current situation he had a, was a new new newborn daughter you know i i i, I don't know I read. (laughs) What was his drug of choice? I forget. Heroin. 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 Yeah. I was reading nearly all the lyrics as I was listening to uh, the discography, and by the end of "In Utero," I was like, "Yeah, uh, I'm." There's a lot of warning signs here. I mean, yeah. I mean, fucking the last song. It's always like that. Yeah. Song is all apologies. What else should I be? All apologies. Like, yeah. Yeah, Totally. gonna kill myself song i don't know what it is. Mm. also very forward thinking where he says everyone is gay well, we'll get in we'll get into Whoa. the awards later <laughs> that's a good take <laughs> i mean was everyone happy besides him that's what you mean yeah. by gay right right he was actually to his credit fairly uh 
progressive politically, especially totally a white guy in the uh, early nineties. I mean, like, especially like his takes on like gay rights were like really almost kind of radical at the time. Like it was, it was actually quite common for rock stars to be openly homophobic and that okay. That mm-hmm. okay. Like, you know, Axel with one in a million lyrics, which I'll let people Google if they want to. But I- <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to them at some point. We're doing Guns N' Roses for sure. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, this is a perfect time. Yeah, to start talking about um some of the, some of the some of the bad songs that Nirvana released. They released mm-hmm. some good songs. Generally, I think, you know, um we can get into what we think about them as a whole a little bit later, but you know, they're a big popular band, so they had three albums or four albums that we listened to. Um we're going to give them some awards. It's time for the awards. Uh let's kick it off. The Skippies. Yeah, the, these are the, called the Skippy Awards. And we're going to start off strong with the Elizabeth Fraser Award, a.k.a. the Cocteau Twins. Uh, this award goes out to the most unintelligible lyric. And, you know, for Cocteau Twins, that's most songs. And we're not talking unintelligible content-wise, more like we just don't know what the heck you just said. But Like, what are they saying? Yeah. I'd say for Nirvana, it's most songs too. I mean, they were famously hard to understand lyrics so much so that Weird Al made a whole song about it. You know, smells like Nirvana or whatever it's called. Can we put that on the playlist. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. <laughs> it is yeah. not too late. I'm I'm looking it up right now. Because um, the, yeah, the whole joke of that song is you can't make out the lyrics in Nirvana. That's like the whole joke. I mean, that's so. the whole joke. Yeah, that's. I'm sure there's more jokes in there. Let's give him more credit. Yeah, like like, what a punchline. A libido is that? Is that is that the Weird Al song or is that the Nirvana song? Which one? No, yeah, that's the Nirvana song. Okay, so lyrics are actually more ridiculous than the Weird Al song. So that's saying something. I I think we're saying he's ridiculous. (laughs) So the Elizabeth Fraser Award is going to go to "Smells Like Teen Spirit." Because every, every, everyone's ripping on that song. That was my choice. I mean, no one at the time knew what he was saying. So, yeah. I mean, I was going to pick Tourette's for that because is he even saying words? But sure, I'll go with Smells Like Teen Spirit because nobody knew what he was saying. Uh, yeah, a mulatto, an albino, a mosquito, my libido. I have a little bit of the Weird Al Yankovic, uh, Smells Like Nirvana. Let's Let's hear it. Here we go. That's that's just one thing I never got into, man. I can't get into Weird Al, man. Weird Al. No, me either. Like, I feel like most dudes in my like vague age and generation love Weird Al, and I'm just like, okay, okay, yeah, okay. I, I, I like the of, figure more than the actual content. Like I know a lot. I know I know a good amount of people who were like Weird Al was like their guy for a while. Mm-hmm. Like as kids, like that's how I they got into music. Into yeah. White and nerdy. Yeah. <laughs> um, exactly the kind of people who are into Weird Al. <laughs> that's going to be a recurring part of our show. Um, if Weird Al has done a cover of of them. <laughs> All right, I started. Write that down. Yeah, <laughs> that needs to be a part. For my Elizabeth Fraser, I went with Endless Nameless. I think there are uh, songs kind of similar in the same way, the where you can understand them, but just something about that. 
Yeah, somewhere around there, Joe. I don't know what you're talking about, Josh. That's clear as day. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like rah rah, hua hua. Words. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, that that's a great pick, man. Um, truly unintelligible. <laughs> Leon, do you have a Elizabeth Fraser award to give out I tonight? Mean, not really. There's a lot of them, but I think I, I didn't really couldn't choose specifically. It was like that particular award, so I'm gonna have to skip on this one for me. Okay. Let's let's do a little bit of Tourette's because I know that Matt mentioned that one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I actually was pretty. I was digging that song when I was listening to the albums. It's a good. It's, it's a good little, whatever. I I don't know. I mean, I guess punk. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds kind of yeah. punk, punkish, and punk song. That's where I, uh, an issue that I have with just in general Nirvana is I feel like they did do a lot of different kind of things, but never that impressive you know like i wouldn't i wouldn't put it on a playlist anywhere it's a good song yeah well yeah. you know kurt had his formula he was definitely one of the most formulaic songwriters of all time i i put him in kind I'd of say the that. same zone as like the ramones you know he's like he had his formula for writing songs and didn't really diverge from it you know <laughs> uh, yeah perfect segue to the next award and we're actually giving this is the first award obviously this is the first show so these are all new to you but uh, we're naming it after Kurt Cobain. This is the Kurt Cobain Repeat Offender Award. And uh, this goes to Kurt for, I would say, <laughs> repeating like the same words in like 60 to 90% of his music. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. I mean, for me, I think the one when I was listening to him that I was kind of most annoyed by was Negative Creep. Yes. Like, yeah, that's a good one. It's not just the chorus that's repetitive, you know. They're like totally. Yeah. Let's. The verse is so. So is that is that is that unanimous? All four. I think we all. On <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's let's hear a little bit of negative creep. <laughs> Let it keep going, keep going. Let it go. Yeah, he does that like five times. I while while I agree that negative creep is really repetitive, I know we're still kind of setting precedent for the rules of the pod. But I nominate the entire album of In Utero for the Repeat Offender Award. Okay. I okay. Think, I think they like he was supposed to go back and change the lyrics, but like he got lazy and was like, you know what? It's just gonna leave the fill like the filler I left in there. We're just gonna keep it. One thing I learned reading his journals is how much lyrical rewriting he did. Like 
So he's like, oh, let me add another verse. And he's like, wait a minute. Let me just. Yeah, exactly. Actually, I think I'm onto Have something. You worked hard on these things? Yeah. <laughs> these are not songs written in a like half hour <laughs> these are songs written in years like rape rape me for example was written before nevermind came out which completely- oh okay really yeah he's holding on to this one he's like it's a gem <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't get it man i'm not ready to drop it yet but yeah now that you mentioned um rape me Let's get into the next award, which is the Morrissey Award, uh, the worst political take or polit- you know kind of stance that that someone takes during a song. I'll start. Not not rape me. Um, for me, it's uh, the song "In Bloom," where he says that nature is a whore. That's a bad take. Uh, yeah, I don't know about all that. Yes, that's poetic. No, it, for me, it's definitely. <laughs> For me, it's, it, it, it was definitely rape me, but then I got into a discussion about it with my wife, and she actually finds Polly more troubling, which I can kind of understand. Mm. For the animal abuse, right? No, because it's written from a first-person you know, point of view, and it's, it's a song about holding a woman captive and torturing her and probably raping her. And, you know, yeah, right, uh, and not, about a, not about, about a bird. I always yeah. thought it was about a parrot. <laughs> yeah, the cracker. That's a bad lyric. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I yeah. honestly always thought he watched the. Uh, they watched the uh, um, Dumb and Dumber, and then this came about. Oh my gosh! <laughs> He's okay, like, guys, so, I got to start writing these lyrics. Nineties are just one big hodgepodge for me, you know. Let's do a little bit of Polly, just to just to get a good glimpse of what he's talking about here. a cracker Think I should get off her first Think she wants some water To put out the blowtorch Isn't me Have a seat Let me clip Dirty wings Let me take a ride Cut yourself Want some help Please myself. Got some rope. So regardless Whoa. if it's if it's a human or a bird, that's no way to treat anything. It's anything a, you care about. I mean, I know that he later on he talks about it in the uh, incesticide liner notes, which you may not have had access to online. But, uh, no, okay. I'm sure someone scanned them. But anyway, he talks about it that some people like some like jocks or something singing the song and thinking it was like a pro-rape song and that really troubling him mm-hmm. and ironically he talked in interviews at length that he wrote rape me as an anti-rape song and he seems to think in interviews that it was unambiguously anti-rape but, it's uh, a it's a fine line to to walk on when you're using irony to get a political point across you know because I don't think he was being ironic. I mean, I think he, the way he explained it, if we're going to talk about Rape Me. uh, Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. This is the Rape Me part of the podcast. So trigger warning. Skip it. And uh, also, um, I don't like saying that over and over again. So I'm going to call it like Rape Me, which was the Walmart song title version. What was the Walmart title? What was it called? Rape Me. Wafe. Wafe Me. 
Yeah, which is also problematic. But anyway, can we just okay. can we just call it Waifu Wait. for the rest of the show? Yeah, Wait. sure. That yeah. makes me more comfortable. Okay, so we're talking about that song, <clears throat> and <clears throat> Cobain said that it was written basically as an anti-rape song, and uh, the way he kind of said, I'm paraphrasing here, was like. It's basically saying, like, rape me, like, do your worst, I will survive it, and you will get raped in the end. Kind of like a sublime date rape kind of vibe, they'll get raped <laughs> or whatever. Uh, wow. Leaving the fact that, A, I don't like encouraging rape in any situation, and B, yeah, most rapists don't actually get convicted and go to prison. So <laughs> they just walk around. Is this bad reality? Matt, yeah. Matt, my question here is, did you name drop sublime because you're from Long Beach? You live in Long Beach. Oh God, that's yeah. A, that's a, so can, you know, I okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. What What is your take on Rome? Uh, you know, uh, he's lucky. He's lucky. <laughs> 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 He's living the dream, the LBC yeah. dream. You heard it here first, folks. Rome is is, is lucky. He's lucky. Lucky, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. the only lucky one in Sublime with Rome. <laughs> So I'm not really sure, like, I do know, I feel like Cobain's, to get, like, a little uh, serious here, I feel like uh, Cobain's relationship with feminism and misogyny with those two poles was very complex. Like, if you read interviews with the man, he was an advocate for feminism. It was something, like, he was really passionate about he was friends with like kathleen hannah and the other members of bikini kill he might have actually dated toby vale i can't remember but anyway he was friends with bikini kill he was he was you know really close with the olympia washington evergreen college scene which is very you know riot girl feminist but like at the same time i feel there's a lot of weird misogyny in cobain's lyrics like the whole album of in utero is basically like uh gynophobia like there's so much vaginal like birth you know female imagery that is like really kind of presented in this way it's kind of gross and toxic yeah and it's just weird to me like 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 i i've always felt like a uh, um that there was this weird kind of body horror side to cobain's lyrics like that people don't talk about like this repulsion for like the flesh and for like being alive semen really like disgusted with like sex and bodily functions and it comes out a lot in the lyrics Mm. so for me like i almost feel like rape me is it a political statement like was it intended that way all the time or is it just like a kind of further continuation of songs like aneurysm where he's like beat me out of me or like Floyd the Barber, like one of their stupidest songs, but like <laughs> where he talks about being like raped and murdered by like the cast of the Andy Griffith show, you know? And, and there's just, it's just like kind of like, it's just like repetitive themes of like being violated in his lyrics and like sex being like nasty and toxic and women being like a thread. Even like All Apologies has that I'm married, buried rhyme. Yeah. yeah. So like, mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, I feel like there's this fine line with Cobain. Is he a feminist or is he a misogynist? Or is he like some weird mishmash of the two that like people right. are? Or, or is he doing the classic like, oh, I'm writing as a character. You know, I'm well, writing Paul, from a yeah, character's exactly. perspective. Holly definitely was written as a character. You know, that Maybe, was yeah. his idea. I think it was based off like a news story. And also the song Scentless Apprentice was based on this novel Perfume about a serial killer 
who has like heightened scent powers. There's a movie. You don't need to. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. But, yeah. yeah. Who murdered women? And you know, it's just like so. He definitely had this like fascination with violence in his lyrics, and definitely furthermore a fascination with violence towards women in his mm-hmm. lyrics. That's mm-hmm. kind of like almost like David Cronenbergian, you know, in a weird way. It's mm-hmm. like. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm getting off topic here, but uh, no, this yeah. is great. Yeah, this is. This I is think per- perfect time to talk about uh, wave me. Yeah, wave <laughs> me. Yeah. I think uh, going back to what you were saying, Gio, when you're writing lyrics as a character, you always run the risk of being seen as the character. Yeah. You know, unless I mean, I can't even think of like an explicit way to unless you lead the song with "Okay, guys, this next one, <laughs> I'm not serious." Okay, and then uh-huh. wave me. Yeah, it also, you know, I guess semi-defense, I don't think Cobain expected to sell 20 million records and become a huge rock star. Because right. prior, prior to Nevermind, stuff like that didn't get on the radio. Didn't get yeah. on the radio. There was no reason to, like, you know, the Pixies didn't have hits. You know, there was no reason <laughs> to think that, you know, this was going to this was gonna happen. This was going to be, you know. Hot take, the Pixies never had a hit. They did posthumously. Where's your mind? Is a fucking big hit. Exactly. But like, thank you, Tyler Durden. Yeah, at the time, no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just got brought out, brought out by uh, what's it called, a Fight Club, dude. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All uh, the incels. I have sorry. One last final take on "Wake Me" and why it's problematic politically. It's what we're here for. The bridge of the whole, which was added later, not part of the original song. If you listen to the demo on with the lights out why you would i don't know <laughs> we might eventually cover it but the whole yeah the whole bridge of uh, my favorite inside source i keep your i kiss your open sores appreciate your concern you're gonna stink and burn again a lot of like disgusting body imagery yeah was written in uh response to the uh a vanity fair article that came out around the time where the journalist who wrote it uh revealed that Kurt, that courtney love had been using heroin while pregnant so mm. it was basically so now you move rape me into the realm of metaphor or wave me sorry into the realm of metaphor and i think that's the question it's like if this is an anti-rape song how can it also be your song complaining about the press you know and it's like is you're equating the two saying like what happened to you with that article is bad and maybe the journalist oh, shouldn't have written that article but also maybe courtney shouldn't have used heroin while pregnant you know it's like uh, <laughs> it should have could have would have yeah yeah so it's like i think that's the worst thing honestly is the pregnant heroin use but anyway um but uh what, what what's the daughter what's the what's her name francis bean yeah francis bean yeah who is now francis in, bean. bang my line francis bean at this point is older than kurt cobain ever was yeah, wow. she's our age. Yeah, she's our age, Giovanni. So she, we're we're, uh, we're twenty nine, verging on thirty. I think she's our age. Yeah. Yeah, she outlived him. Yeah. So Incredible. Francis Bean, Francis Bean, once again, bang my line. You hearing this podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> DMs are officially open. Yeah. Um. Real quick, wave me story. Um. This is how I heard it. I was probably in like the third or fourth grade. Um. My my friend. Um who was a close friend of mine since like elementary school, you know, first grade, um, came to school one day and was like, hey, you know, like I heard this song and she started singing it. She was like, wave me. And she's like a, 
you know, <laughs> like eight year old girl singing it to me. And I'm like, uh, like Oh wow. I, that's bad. But I don't, I didn't really understand why it was bad. You know? Yeah. Before I just words that, really. <laughs> I just knew it was bad. Wow. Yeah. But, that, that's, that's crazy. Um, that's, that's my, that's my wave me song. Uh, my wave me story. Let's, uh, let's move on to the next category. The next award. Sorry, can we take a quick time out so I can? Sure. Take right. a quick break. All right, we're back from our break. Um, let's get back into the awards, guys. This is uh, a pretty good award to give this band. Uh, they have a lot of really crazy lyrics. So this is the Are We Human or Are We Dancer Award, which goes out to the strangest lyrics that you could find. Um, who wants to go first? Uh, I'll, I'll spearhead it. I'll, I'll, my nominee goes to uh, Milk It, and it's for this specific verse. I own my own pet virus. I get to pet and name her. Her milk is my shit. My shit is her milk. And the reason I chose that is because I have never put shit in my cereal. Never. <laughs> wow. You're not, you're not living, dude. <laughs> Don't knock it. Don't knock it. <laughs> wow. That lyric is fucked up, dude. No, thank you. I think that, yeah, that whole song and Milk It was like definitely on my list of least favorite Nirvana songs, to be honest. I never liked that one. I feel like mm. it's really repetitive and boring. But, there's, yeah. there's a lot of that. But the, yeah, and it, I, even like the lines before the chorus where it's like, test meat, meat, and then you yeah, know, like, doll, doll steak. Doll steak. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that song, but I think it does key into what I was saying before about Cobain and body horror. Like, I think he was like, I think he was fascinated with like gross bodily shit. Um, Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll go next with a scentless apprentice. Um, The the first two, we got to listen to uh, the milk one. To milk it. I think the line is somewhere around maybe a minute and a half in there. Okay. Beautiful. Wow. This guy's a fucking joke, man. <laughs> Literally, I don't get it. I'm mean, like, I get it, I get Fuck. it, but then I don't get it, you know? <laughs> I get it, but then I don't get it. You know, it's, it's hard. There, there are some like, lyrics like, where, uh huh, go on. Like, is he a genius because he like, like why? I don't get it. You know, like, is it because it? I don't know. Maybe I mean, because I grew up in an era like post post Cobain, where like the influences are so deep already. Like, the idea of Nirvana is 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 not what it is to me anymore. You know. Yeah. Or so it's definitely those things, one of those, like, <laughs> no, like, definitely the older I've gotten, the less I can appreciate Nirvana. I feel like the younger I am, the more I see it, but, like, I don't know, maybe the less old, like, the older I am, the less angsty I am, which makes Nirvana just seem so much more childish to me, in a way. You're past that's 27. A, that's a mature lyric, dude. Um, maybe so, but I, again, to reiterate my point, I think there's this body horror disgust angle. I think he was really grossed out by being a parent. Maybe it's got like some really like David Lynch eraser head vibes. Uh, 
you know, I don't know if you've ever seen a razor head, but it's basically okay. a whole movie, yeah, yeah, surreal yeah. movie about like how freaked out David Lynch was to be a father. Is that really what it's all about? Or is that like a lot of the subtext? Yeah, That's basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, uh, but yeah, so I think like a lot of lyrics like in that song and then in Sinless Apprentice as well, um, which Gio's going to get to, I think are like, kind of like have a lot of like, like milk and shit, electrolytes and like formula. Oh yeah, the electrolytes. Yes. Okay. That's perfect. Uh, that goes to my, my candidate for this award, Scentless Apprentice uh, for the lines. First, I guess the first lines, like most babies smell like butter. His smell smelled like no other. Some Dr. Seuss shit right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Green eggs and hams. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the next uh, next intro to the next verse is, Every wet nurse refused to feed him. Electrolytes smell like semen. Which they do. Which they do. I don't know. Okay. Uh, this could be a scientific fact. I, I, I don't know. Let's, Drinking let's... Gatorade pretty much feels and tastes like when I come in my mouth, you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> Same. <Fair enough. laughs> Here we go, quick. Yeah. You can't really understand what he's saying, but be assured that it's fucking garbage. <laughs> Again, I do know that that song is based off of inspired by this book, Perfume, which I've never read. Uh, so uh, I can't really speak to it past that. But maybe there are references to the actual text of the book and the lyrics. If there's not a baby that smells like butter in that book, then he's taking some creative liberties with that song. I mean, babies do kind of smell like butter, though. <laughs> you want to, Okay, defend it. That's good. I like that. Yeah. You could maybe babies do smell like butter. Baby? I've smelled I, I, plenty of babies. Yeah, I, I guess. To... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I just I don't I disagree with you. That I don't think it smells like butter. <laughs> By it, I do mean the baby. <laughs> I was gonna say that my pick for most what the fuck lyrics is uh, Nirvana at their most cannibal corpse ish, which is on the uh, late like halfway through the album uh incesticide track mexican seafood which like i don't know is that, is that racist i don't know but anyway but yeah which is very like kind of like body horror almost like cannibal corpse it's like all the itchy flakes it is a flaming all the gels and creams it is pertaining to a fungus mold cured by injection hope it's only a, a yeast infection oh well it burns when i it hurts when i pee and then the next lyric which I think are probably the best ones. Uh, now I vomit, cum, and diarrhea on the tile floor like oatmeal pizza. Fill my toilet bowl full of a cloudy pus. I feel the blood becoming a chowder rust. Whoa. <laughs> Slam poetry right there. Dude. Yeah, that's yeah. lyrical cannibal corpse shit right there. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Let's you, see if we can get a little bit Kurt of that. you was into cannibal corpse? He might have been. Could have. Era, era, right? Era-wise, it's it's, it's an yeah. era. It's yeah, like, most definitely in the era. Let's try a little bit of that song. Not a good song, by the way. <laughs>
It's a short one. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's gross. <clears throat> it's a gross song. All right. So that, I think the uh, Are We Human or Are We Dancer Award can go to a lot of these songs, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Mine was uh, Heart Shaped Box, but um, that can go many places. Yeah. What, what lyrics, uh, Leon, for Heart Shaped Box? A, I remember there being something about an angel hair cutting him kind of thing. It just doesn't make any sense. Broken highness of your hymen? I was actually really into that line. Yeah, I mean, it's poetic, but it, again, yeah. it's that sort of body horror, misogynistic, gynophobia vibe that I'm talking about in Cobain's work that I don't, I feel has gone unexamined, which is why I'm going to go back to college and write a paper about it. Yes. Let's <laughs> <laughs> write a book. Yeah. I feel like uh, it's because he kind of exists in his enigma, you know? So, like, it's kind of, I just don't see a lot of people calling it out because of, you know, his suicide, unfortunately. And not to take anything away from him dying, but I just like, I think people are sleeping on it, you know, because, you know, especially doing this episode, I get a better feel for like, yeah, I don't know which side of the tracks he's on. Yeah, I think it's due to his popularity too. Like you just don't like really question it. It's just part of the wallpaper at this point, you know. Mm-hmm. But, I don't okay, know. so uh, let's move on to the uh, last award before the final one, the penultimate. This is the top bop, which is the best song, in your opinion, that they made. And it doesn't have to be, you know, like the biggest hit or anything. It could just be like a song that you generally just like and that you might listen to again. I guess I'll go first. Yeah, kick, yeah we'll kick to Matt. Sure, this is a tough one. I don't really know. There's a lot of like Nirvana, good Nirvana songs. I am a fan. Despite everything I've said, I am still a fan. I am not here to bury. Well, he's already buried, but I'm not here to get <laughs> Kurt or anything. Ooh. I think he, you know, he's a, comp- <laughs> he's a compliment. <laughs> but, you know, but, uh, yeah, this is tough. I mean, I like a lot of his songs. I always really like Sliver for some reason with its really, like, accurate depiction of, like, childhood banal imagery, but, you know, boredom and whatnot. But uh, I think I, I'm going to go for, like, a single best song. I think I'll go with uh, Come As You Are. I think it's just really, like, got a great melody like great hooks like tight it's got that bass line he stole from killing joke which is just like a mm. killing bass line mm. not quite as played out as smells like teen spirit you know mm-hmm. it's still it's still like you know kind of gives me like you know some shivers when i hear it all after all these years i think it's, it's a good song i mean the album's kind of all around bang just yeah. shivers We're, I'm, I'm intentionally giving matt shivers right now <laughs> like to see those goosebumps so yeah i mean that's that's a good pick that's a good song um mm-hmm. never mind is a good album like oh best album in my imho True. yeah it's a classic i mean it's all like any song off that could have been a hit which is kind mm-hmm. of- except for maybe endless nameless yeah, there's, yeah. There's, a couple, there's a couple there's a couple on there that you can skip but i mean that was the hidden cut and maybe territorial pissings like wouldn't have been a hit but like most mm-hmm. of them would have been hits okay i don't know territorial pissings was up there on one of my uh so you liked it it's a jam don't get me uh, wrong i'm just saying it wouldn't have gotten yeah. on the radio <laughs> okay yeah true agreed. okay so top bop uh for you was come as you are what about you josh uh this is a song i mean 
with Nirvana, I definitely think all of the radio hits are really well deserved. Like every single one, you know, I've never been a huge fan, but every single radio hit that came on, I was like, I know half of these lyrics already, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm going to give it to something that I think might be a little more unheard. And it's something I had never heard before diving deep was paper cuts off of bleach. I think it's really sludgy and heavy and um the part where he arpeggiates or just strums through the guitar really reminds me of um the old band uh, saccharin trust just the like uh the way it sounds sludgy dude i like it yeah it's it's a cool pick i don't i never liked that one but i never really liked nirvana when they're like being all sludgy and like melvin's or whatever but oh super melvin's yeah Yeah, fuck your opinion josh (laughs) sucks i'm here i'm here to wrestle some jimmies this is is matt's show dude yeah (laughs) again when i was looking at his journals uh i saw saccharin trust listed as one of his like favorite bands albums when he's because one of the things he done that does is in, in his journals over and over again is lists his fifty favorite albums. <laughs> wow! No way, Pagan's I, Pagan Icons was in there. I think that one, yeah, yeah. That that's yeah. rad. What's yeah. number one? What's that? What's number one? I don't know. He keeps changing it like every time. But there is a lot of like '80s like hardcore and like SST stuff that he was clearly heavily influenced by. Yeah. Okay. So. Some Bob Dylan up in there though sneak its no, way no bob dylan but the beatles he was definitely a big john lennon fan okay yeah that, that goes in that goes into my uh my pick which is uh about a girl Ooh, um, that was a good one I, is i don't even know if he fucking wrote it it sounds like somebody else wrote it <laughs> <laughs> the lyrics make too much sense yeah it's it's too musically coherent as a song you know Yeah, I mean that sounds Ooh, yeah. just like the Beatles, dude. Oh yeah. How much do you think? Uh, That's right, my much car. Do you think Kurt charges. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't see people for free. No, nope. I always assume that. That's the song. <laughs> I always assume that uh, that's the song that got Nirvana their major label deal. Because, like, especially going back into this, listening to Bleach, and like, what were they hearing that got this on a major label? But then it was like, oh, about a girl. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> Because the rest of the album is stuff like paper cuts, where it's like, yeah, this is <laughs> yeah, like, honestly, honestly, really coming for me there. About a girl yeah, always reminded me of legend. you know, it's an ugly like, <laughs> it's an ugly sounding record. It's about, really unorganized, yeah. Yeah, about a girl always reminded me of of, uh, of that thing you do. That movie, that thing you do. That <laughs> totally like something like that could be coming out of, you know? Yeah, it's like a perfect pop song in the middle of like all these like really ugly, like sludge 
rock song. And is yeah. that like tambourine in it at some point, or is it just maybe the the, the hi hat? It sounds like tambourine. Yeah, mm. I, I mean, this song is the most timeless out of the Bleach album. Like mm. everything else, sounds like it's firmly squared into like 1989. You know, yeah, like that era. Like Mud Honey, Melvinsy to me. Like he's definitely like, and not as good as either of those bands were back then. To be honest, I don't want to like be too blasphemous about Nirvana, like Leon, but like Bleach. If they hadn't done, <laughs> if they hadn't done Nevermind, there probably wouldn't be that many people still listening to Bleach. In 2021. <laughs> Definitely, I see that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go with my song. Top my bop. Biggest, my biggest top bop is uh, Penny Royalty. Oh. Uh, both the, 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 which I think my favorite Nirvana kind of music thing that came out was that uh, Unplugged, but uh, definitely um, doesn't have to be the Unplugged version. The live, I mean, the, the album version is really good. Is and the I, unplugged version what uh, you really like, though? The unplugged version was the one I really got into. Unplugged Nirvana was, I think, in my opinion, Nirvana's best album. Yeah. A little different. I mean, a lot of it has to do with the fact that um, I thought uh, uh, The Man Who Sold the World was a uh, Nirvana oh, yeah. song. And on top of that, that, that exposed me to the Vaseline. But, um, Definitely, that that's a, that's that's a very influential album for me. But uh, but Penny Royalty, I think, is is their top pop. I would um, s- poppy, good, it's dark, it's uh, it's slow. Um, this will come up a lot. I I do prefer the more slow song, sludgy kind of slow jammer than any other thing. I think this will come up throughout the series, the whole show itself. No matter what, band, I think my, my top song is going to be kind of slower. <laughs> All right, so let, let's hear a little bit of Penny Royalty, the live version that Leon loves so much. <laughs> that he loves so much. I'm drunk. definitely slow yeah it's not a bad song it's good i don't know like uh i I, like i didn't never like matt was talking about how in utero was considered not as good and for my opinion i always liked in utero a lot more the songs i think were a lot more definitely way darker yeah yeah i used to like that one better because like i used to be darker and less happy (laughs) now that i'm more like happy i'm like oh yeah it's never mind but yeah but yeah, Nudro is a dark, ugly album. In fact, going back to my body horror, like parent fear of parenthood uh, theory, uh, Penny Royal T, I think, is I never learned until years later was a uh, something uh, like a something that causes abortions or miscarriages. You drink it. Whoa. So, um, I yeah. Spoiler alert: None of you knew that, but like, yeah, I didn't know that until years later that it's a it's an abort miscarriage abortion reference in the title right there so that's a good nugget of information right there yeah so you know he, he was a dark guy he was definitely a fucking pitch black dark motherfucker like he was not happy he did not like life he was not you know he was not stoked on things yeah 
I wonder what it was like hanging out uh, with Kurt Cobain and Happy Go Lucky uh, Dave Grohl. Yeah, right. Mm. I don't know. (laughs) He's like, you know, Kurt, it's times like these. (laughs) Times like these. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's so weird too to think like Dave Grohl, like the drummer of Nirvana, had like the ability to be like a uh, you know classic rock pop tycoon, and he's just like sitting back there on the drums. Mm. I don't know. But anyway, well, what's it called? Um, getting the, the the germs connection here was in a, a pap me. smear, also in yeah, in Nirvana at that point of yeah, he was, he uh, was Nero, their, correct. He was their touring guitarist. Yeah. So, are you saying are you are you positing that Pat Smear killed both Darby Crash and oh my god, Kurt Cobain? It's a hell I mean, of a <laughs> it, uh, Yeah, I, I was he in the Beatles. Was yeah. he the touring? Did Pat <laughs> was... Smear break up the Beatles? <laughs> Did he replace Paul? Is he a vampire? Yeah. <laughs> that is another segment for the show. Yeah. We'll, when we do Foo Fighters, when we do the Germs, we will look into that for sure. Uh, I'll do the Germs. That's an easy one. They only have like twenty songs. Yeah. Oh yeah. See, yeah. That's easy. Okay, so let's do the uh, final award. This is the most consequential. Throw away every other award that we had. Throw it in the trash. Mm-hmm. It's garbage. This is the most skippable song. Send that shit to Mars, man. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. Send it to Mars. Yeah, let let them find it in the future when the terraform is uh, well underway. When Elon Musk's car finally gets there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can start. Well, in, in listening back to Nirvana's back catalog, there, there's a few bad songs for sure. They, you know, but like, the one song that really like hit me where I was like, this is not just a bad song. This is like fucking unlistenable. This is like <laughs> god awful bullshit was a uh, hairspray queen. Like, how did that see the light of day? Considering like there were songs left off incesticide, like I don't know, curmudgeon or even in his youth that could have been on it. Like, you know, B sides that have been released. And it's like they fucking put hairspray queen on there. I don't know. If one of you is a fan of Hairspray Queen, I apologize because there's something wrong with you. So I feel. I second Matt what he just said. Uh, Hairspray Queen was my selection as well. Wow. So I, piggyback, I, I, I piggyback on whatever whatever Matt said right now. I just piggyback up on that. Wow. Okay. Um, in my research, I completely just missed Insecticide somehow. So, <laughs> I mean, I have a choice for worst song, but um. I might sway over. Let, let's give it a let listen. Him. Yeah, let's, let's hear let, some hairspray queen. Let him, let him, let him feel this one. Hold on, I gotta close my eyes. Yes, it's exactly <laughs> what I heard. Primus. This guy just listened to a bunch of Primus, and they were like, "Let's do our version of Primus," uh, which would have came like, out around the same time, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, "What the fuck?" He's like, "Hey, hey, uh, hey, Dave, you hear that new sound we were looking for? Listen <laughs> to <laughs> this." <laughs> at, at, at the MTV Unplugged. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, you know, I I gotta say, um, 
my most skippable song was gonna go to stay away but i think i'm gonna stay away from this song <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah this is pretty bad i think this might be the first i mean we're still in the first episode but yeah this is unanimous that was awful can, yeah, can you go okay. back to the verse geo what the hell yeah, yeah how see. did this not get the elizabeth fraser I uh, I wanted to give it to it, but I also knew that this was going to be my pick for the worst, and I didn't uh, want to play it twice. You can also you can also give most Nirvana songs the Elizabeth Fraser award. Yeah, pretty much. True. Mm -hmm. And That's also the the repeat offender award can go to a lot of these songs as well. But uh, yeah, let me just uh, rewind it back for for Josh. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. Okay, I'm looking up the lyrics can we, right can we, can now. We do that? Can we do that one more time? Let's do one more time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Nice. If if that song's not a warning sign for what was to come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's 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 not just bad for nirvana it's like just bad like yeah for the culture if you're <laughs> underground diy show with like shitty like local bands like us and like mm. like the lice and then you were like <laughs> and then a band came on and did that song you would go outside for a smoke break if you didn't smoke you would take up smoking Okay, yes. first first off yes. everybody goes to diy shows just to smoke outside yeah kind of, pretty much um this is a perfect example of a skippable song like wow, it's a song yeah. that you hear one time and then after that it's just forever i'm never listening to that song ever again like, like, wow hold on hold on in, in defense of this song in defense of this song i know <laughs> it, it is my skippable song as well but in defense of this song so nevermind came out and then they were like people were just like we need to capitalize on nirvana and nirvana itself let's make a bunch of money so they just released <laughs> a bunch of these demos at the end of the day like this is, is is it really their fault or is it them just like a money grab by the label this is what i was saying before we played it like um and i should say like being a kid back in the day i had this on tape and like side one of incesticide bangs like side one has some great shot it's got it's got the vaseline's covers it's got been a sun it's got turnaround it's got like sliver it's got dive it's it's good side one of incesticide is great side two it fucking sucks and that's <laughs> the worst song of side two but but there's other songs that suck like arrow zeppelin and you know yeah seafood which i know leon likes but like you know there's it's not very good there's like a second version of downer which was already one of the worst songs on bleach yes <laughs> yes and then like so i didn't even know growing up in the 90s that how good aneurysm was because it was buried at the end of incesticide which i would just fast forward through side two to get back to side one <laughs> i had no idea that that was actually even a good song until like i don't know muddy banks of the whiska or something came out and i was like oh aneurysm rips but like i just skipped all of side two on that it was so bad and like i said before they had good b-sides like you know uh even in his youth or curmudgeon or whatever like that weren't on it so it's like can we, can we can we talk about muddy side i yeah. think Muddy Side is their best album it's good it's a good live album for sure yeah 
Um, I'm, I'm sorry. Unfortunately, we cannot talk about Muddy Side. We did not. We're not covering that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we didn't listen to that. <laughs> there, there's going to there's going to be another episode that we'll do uh, with their, their live stuff and, their, and the, yeah. And we, we can get into Demos. Muddy Side. This is just content we're giving away, Leon. We can't. Nirvana Part Two. Yeah, I mean, eventually we'll run out of bands, you know, because that's going <laughs> to happen for sure. <laughs> and then we'll come back to Nirvana. Uh, uh, episode 105. We'll yeah. run out of bands for the world. <laughs> Only 100 of this. People just stop it. <laughs> we got the Beatles okay, so, all wrapped yeah. up. That, that was, uh, so I, I, I think uh, the most skippable, I think we all kind of agreed on that. Correct, except yeah, that's, Josh. That's I didn't need. That I honestly, I'm gotta swing over. I didn't even need to listen to the rest of the song. If the rest of the song was different, I would still choose that one for that verse. Yeah. That was really bad. Stay that's away. Awesome. My biggest thing was that it just hit the repeat offender notes, and uh, yeah, we can listen to a little bit of it. Yeah, yeah, let's do a little bit. Hold on, hold on. So Oops. you're uh, you're monkey see go. monkey don't. Huh? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How do you put this before, like, on a plane, though? Like, you know, like, on a plane was up there as one of my biggest bops. Like, on a plane, I think, is their best, one of their best songs. I mean, I don't. I have no problem with Stay Away. It is like the 11th best song on Nevermind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many songs on the album? How many songs Thir- on the 13. album? 13. 13, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Bottom yeah. three. Relega- relegation zone, you know. For all Endless Nameless. Yeah, better than most things on Bleach, though. So mm-hmm. Except Paper Cuts. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so the last category that we have left, right, is uh, Hidden Gems, right? Uh, yeah, let's see. The Hidden Gems is just going to be, you know, the song that you didn't think you really knew that well before listening to the whole discography mm-hmm. and then kind of coming out of it. Which one do you really like? Yeah. Or something you had never not, heard. Not, the, not your, not, not the best, but just one that you're like, oh, I actually kind of like that one. Yeah. Put it in your heart shaped box for later. Yes. Okay. So I, I think since I brought this up, I'm going to start this off. Yeah. Um, for me personally, it's going to be based off of what I think is my favorite album is uh, the MTV Unplugged is uh, the Vaseline covers. Uh, I, this is the first time I ever heard that those were on uh, differently, but the Vaseline covers off of uh, are just always a good version of those. Let's hear a little bit of Molly's Lips. He sounds really good in that. Like so his... My hot take, my hot take on this one here, right? Mm-hmm. Hey Kurt, this is this is how you write a song <laughs> with, with two chords and only two chords. Yeah, but <laughs> lyric wise, it's good. It's enjoyable. It's an enjoyable pop song. This is how you write. A song. Very pop. 
I like that it's an enjoyable pop song about not <clears throat> doing drugs, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Dark lyrics. She'll say, I'll st- take you anywhere as long as you stay clean. Right. Oh, okay, there, nice. Be sober. There, stay off of uh, drugs and uh, alcohol. Yeah. yeah, but it is only two chords for the whole thing, verse and chorus. But it's a catchy. It's a catchy. Catchy jam. two chords. That's yeah. my that's my hidden gem for a uh, a cover song. So that's how I feel about Nirvana, though. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, that's good. That's a good one. Gia, you want to go next with your hidden gem? Um. Sure. I I liked a lot of what I listened to, but like I will say, most of it was off. Never mind. Um, other than yeah. about a girl, which was my my top up, but I did like breed. Oh yeah, I thought breed was good. Um, that was the first or second. No, it's, it's, it's off Nirvana. Yeah, it's the the fourth one. Um, off of never mind. Yeah, off never mind. I just like I remember listening to like the album a little bit when I was younger, but like kind of skipping a lot of it. And so uh, I don't think I'd heard breed much, but it's pretty good. Very much kind of hitting all the notes that we're talking about, but like they yeah. did it kind of right, you know, repeating the lyric over and over again. Yeah. Um, you know, back to Matt's point about the idea of him being like afraid of being a father. This is just about breeding, right? And I think it's like we don't have to breed is is part of the the lyric on that one. So yeah, that's uh, for that reason, that's my hidden gem. Yeah, and uh, I don't think, you know, we're saying he's a repeat offender, but, you know, um, this was at a point I feel like the formula was still working for him, you know, in utero and like later albums definitely seem, you know, phoned in. I hate to to say that, but, you know, it just seems, I mean, it's going nowhere. The end of all apologies. In the sun, in the sun. Right. All in all, all is all. All in all, all, we are. all is uh, all we are. <laughs> Mary, Mary, Mary. Buried. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll just do all the right. whole song. So then, <laughs> c- can we agree that uh, um, Hairspray Queen is the most skippable song? 100%. <laughs> What's your hidden gem, Josh? <laughs> oh, I mean, um, you guys, I just have to stay true to myself. Like I had mentioned earlier, um, I had never heard the song Paper Cuts, but I think Got I'm going to keep listening to Paper Cuts. That's my <laughs> hidden gem choice, too. I don't know, man. I just was really feeling it. It could have been that I was in the car at the time when I first heard it, so I got the full experience. It was like they were performing it in my car. Okay, yeah, okay. Some, some Something about a song in the car, though. I mean, that definitely is uh, oh, yeah. a peak level oh, yeah. listening to music is, uh, is, is something you can drive to. Mm-hmm, Yeah. Which is a lot of Nirvana, and I know we've kind of been ripping, not terribly, but I think no matter which way you see it, Nirvana is definitely a good band. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Is, is it cheating to pick a hidden gem that's not one off of one of their albums? Um, nah, go no. ahead. Go I'm ahead. Change, a guess. I'm going to change my hidden gem, gem to Sappy, a.k.a. Verse Chorus Verse. Which, <laughs> is is that what it's called, or is that the structure? It's called Sappy. Um, and then, yeah, do the second one. 
you want me to talk about it first or just play it? Um, let me play a little bit and then we'll 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 yeah, see. Cool. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, was this before Bleach or well, uh, when was this no, recorded? This was uh, between Nevermind and uh, In Utero. And I think this, I think I kind of listening to these Nirvana again, I feel like Sappy is like the perfect example of Kurt Cobain feeling guilty about the success of Nevermind. Mm. That he basically took one of his catchiest pop singles and then like relegated it. It was a hidden track on a compilation that came out in the early 90s called No Alternative. Oh, wow. Even like listed on the CD, it was a, it was a hidden track. And this is, it's definitely one of his catchiest songs of all time. And it's just, mm -hmm. like, he just gave it away. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he didn't want to write poppy songs, I guess, after Nevermind. Damn. Well, yeah, yeah that's, that's a good one. Good pick. Um, I think that covers all of our hidden gems. That concludes the Skippy Awards, the first Skippy Awards that we're going to give out. Great job, everybody. Great picks. Yeah. Everyone out there, make sure to not listen to Hairspray Queen. It is officially <laughs> yeah. skippable. Skip it. Yeah. Or I guess I guess listen to it so you can realize how bad it is. Listen yeah. to it once. Listen to it so or, you can realize just how bad a classic band can be and still be a classic band. Give us yeah. And you won't feel so bad when you write a song that's equally bad. I still feel that people should listen to us and just skip it. Don't even give it a chance. This is coming right out of the mouth of Leon, the professional. Yeah. You know, he gets, I mean, he gets paid I mean, to do this. I mean, all right. If it, if it come down to me, Nirvana, it, I'll skip it. Yeah, hardcore. The whole, all of it. Right. Are, are we are we getting there? Well, that's, that's is the, the artist question. skippable? Oh, skippable yeah. for sure. The artist completely skippable. Wow. Honestly, honestly, like I I understand it, you know, honestly, but for me, in my opinion, those nope. uh, like cover songs that are on these Zoom won't even let him say it. You know, we're talking about. Have you seen? Have you <laughs> They're silencing you. What are you What are you talking about, Leon? TikTok. <laughs> on TikTok, there are these like these versions of these Nirvana songs that are like hip hopped out, you know, like they're like they're like trapped out a bit. Mm -hmm. Well, we tra trap trap artists up? definitely like Nirvana. Yeah. Um, X, you know, had that shirt. I know he had at least that one shirt <laughs> that I saw a picture of. <laughs> you know, I definitely. Sorry, go ahead. No, go go on, Matt. Mm. Saying that Nirvana are like one of the bands artists that like cross over to like hip-hop like when you read interviews with like rappers they're like i love rock and roll they're like i love and it's always like phil collins and nirvana <laughs> like <laughs> tarzan is that because of, is that because of mtv though i don't know he just resonates i guess i think not modern to yeah, mtv yeah. Well, i mean modern mtv doesn't have any music anymore we're talking about uh, uh pregnant teenagers and uh yeah yeah, but I'm saying current artists are very like you know trap trap artists and like mumble rappers are really into 
Nirvana. Not all of them, obviously, but like mumble singer, so that makes sense. <laughs> True. Not That's an under, yeah. underbite so, singer. So did yeah. Kurt Cobain so invent invent the mumble rap? Wow. Hmm. <laughs> and then a lot of those artists too. It are, is just repetition as well. Yeah, they're kind of nihilistic and they're doing lots of drugs. So like it all kind of makes sense, I guess. So he's like the first of a, of a of a new generation, and I think that's why Nirvana is not skippable in my opinion. Yeah, um, just because like Nevermind is such a solid album, mm-hmm. it's worth at least listening to that. Um, so that what you know, just as a part of history, listen to it and maybe listen to the rest of it to kind of demystify what you think Nirvana actually is. You know? Yeah. I think it's easy to put them on a pedestal, but like you're saying, um, definitely, I feel important. Definitely influenced so many people. You think there would be Nickelback without Nirvana? Hell no. no do, I mean, do, I, we, do we need Nickelback, though? No. We, <laughs> we can talk about that in another episode. Yeah. I, mean, I, do, I do think they're an essential part of the uh, rock canon at this part. So, like, yeah, not skippable. But also, like, for me, like, again, as the old guy who lived through it, like, they are one of the only mainstream like rock bands from that era, I can still stomach. Like I can't listen to Pearl <laughs> Jam. I cannot. No. Listen, I cannot listen to like Soundgarden. I can't listen to. I can't, <laughs> I can't listen to like very much Alice in Chains. I you know Smashing Pumpkins for two songs, but like a lot of it just like has not aged well for me. But like Nirvana, I'm like no, this is still good. I don't know. There's something like timeless about it, which is I would not have predicted at the time. But like you know, it's something. There's something that still resonates about it's it. It's definitely one of those bands, like, the older I've gotten, the less listenable they get. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe you're just not angry enough. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Or old I mean, enough. That is, that is true, though. I'm not, yeah, I'm, like, in that weird stage where, like, I, uh, my, I'm cognitive of, like, the world post-Cobain death. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I come from a world where he's just kind of, like, built beyond a level that i can even kind of comprehend you know yeah i, I, I appreciate the hot take yeah. leon yeah but like I, like, I mean, like homeboy homeboy died at 27 like that's the age to do it you know like yeah you guarantee I mean, kind of how him. i felt sorry that, that's kind of how i felt about the beatles growing up like with john lennon dying young and all i was like it's like it's too much i don't want to deal with it like just get it out of here now i'm like yeah <laughs> cool. i don't know yeah <laughs> Yeah, so uh, that's the end of the awards. Um, let's do a little palate cleanser, Josh. All right. Uh, so we are going to play a little game I made up called Globophobe. It's going to be a guessing game where I name a couple of artists. I've sent them over to Geo. He's going to play a quick snippet of them. And these artists are very successful not in the u.s though so Mm. after playing a clip of it you guys are going to just or try to find what country they're popular in so the first one let's let's i i wanted to do an american artist that wasn't popular in america why don't we listen to i mean okay we, we could just let it speak for itself um paul williams I have tried to hold the colors of the morning sun Tried to keep it shining when the summer's day was done 
people don't like Paul Williams in America? <laughs> no, 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 not that. I'm saying uh, th they're more successful in other countries. You know, the name of Paul Williams' um, biographical documentary is called Paul Williams is Still Alive. Just oh, to gosh. let people know that he's still alive. All right. Uh, 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 bit for, for Paul Williams with, you know, Phantom of the Paradise and like Muppet movie. Yeah. The, the guy who wrote Rainbow Connection. This is uh, this is the first time I've, I've ever heard of his name. Or that yes. Name, so. See, exactly. Yeah, same. So born in L.A., but where is he popular in, guys? Buzz. Okay. I'm going to guess South Africa. Okay, Matt with South Africa. Um, here on the Skippables, we do Buzz in second. So, Geo, <laughs> who are you going to be? Uh, I'm going to do, um, let's see, I'm going to do Germany. Germany, okay. So, South Africa, gonna... Germany. Leon, the professional? UK. UK? Guys. UK. None of you are right. Oh, well. Okay. He is selling out tickets like Justin Bieber in the Philippines. Oh, shit. Fuck. Yeah. I, I was going to say one of, the, one of the islands, but I fucked up. <laughs> yeah, Philippines is interesting. I, uh, when I used to DJ hard rock, I talked to this, this woman whose mother was really into a, uh, in the, grew up in the Philippines, was really into a Uriah Heap cover band. Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> huge cover band industry in the Philippines, which is weird. wait. Is it Uriah Heap? I always thought it was Ura Heap. There's I an eye in there. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right, right. So what's the next one? The next one, and I was gonna. What do you guys think? Should I have made this a multiple choice? I feel like it's funner just letting you guys. It, I think it's funner just letting us kind of run randomly with... pick. Hold on, right. I, I like the word funner. First of all, yeah, yeah it's yeah. funner. You guys will have fun. All right, so the next one we're going to listen to. Uh, I could be mispronouncing this. Sole mio. Okay. Uh, I see fire. <laughs> I said 10 seconds. <laughs> it, was just, it was just too good. Okay, first this? off... Is this? Is, it, is this a musical? What is this? No, this is just the group. First off, Leon, you are in a cyberpunk 2077-esque uh, gadget room. Yeah. Where, where are you? This is my home, dude. Oh, the, yeah. oh that is just your room. Sorry, the Cyber lighting. Cyberspace. The lighting changed. Um, but, so... <laughs> Sole mio. So and it's a soul three. It's S. That's how it's yeah. called. S O L three. <laughs> where, is this, where, where, where is this popular? Yeah. Yeah. Where is this popular? New Huge. Zealand. New Zealand. Okay. New Zealand. Buzz. Um, I'm gonna Second. say um, Argentina. Okay. Um, Matt. I'm gonna keep the Africa theme going and go with Senegal. Nice. All right, Senegal. Uh, Gio, I'm sorry. What did you say? I got my gummies kicking in now, guys. <laughs> um, I said Argentina. Argentina. Leon, 
That's why you're the professional, man. New Zealand. I don't know how you yeah. guessed it. Oh, my it. God. They're selling like hot hotcakes down there. And you know wow. you know what? Because you know what? It sounds like the soundtrack to... Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, just take away the singing. Or it could be that part where uh, Pippin, is that him? Sing, singing a song to the king? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's the best part, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, the last one... We've got uh, DDT. DDT. Okay, here we go. Я с бедой на плечах доползу до дороги. Умереть ничего, если вы. DDT. DDT, early 90s soft rock. I'll, I'll buzz in on that. Buzz. I'm Wait, you got to go second then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go, go on, man. I'm just going to say Belarus. Belarus, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to say probably um, China. China, okay. I'm going to say the Ukraine. Ukraine? All right, well, Geo, sorry, bud. We got to kick you out for that one. Uh, Belarus and Ukraine are very close. Uh, Russia is a huge, huge fan of DDT. Damn. I knew when it was I, when, <laughs> yeah. when, I, when I was looking up uh, just kind of successful artists outside of the U.S., this guy, the lead singer of this band, openly told putin uh on tv that he's corrupt and that uh russia is ruled by the privileged class <laughs> and he's not dead <laughs> i know exactly he just got a fine i mean I, he's I, actually not that bad putin I'm <laughs> listening to uh you know soviet wave post punks <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah. great game so globophobe wrapped up Right. Um, wow, that was fantastic. Great, great job, Josh. So um, our final question has already been answered. Is, is the band skippable? Um, I think that wraps it up for, for this week. Matt, I want to thank you so much for being our first guest. We wouldn't have it any other way, dude. Yeah, I I, yeah I this was before, perfect. I think, I think before we leave, uh, Matt, do you have uh, anything to plug yourself? Uh, Instagram or anything that we can plug? Bandcamp? Check out the band that I am, you know, spoiler alert, in, at least was in with G Josh and Geo before, you know, the apocalypse. The light. <laughs> it's on Bandcamp, it's on Spotify, it's on YouTube, it's on whatever, Deezer. I don't know what that Yo, is. I, 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 could bank, I could bank as a, as a pretty much going to pretty much every show of the Lice ever. Uh, yeah. Definitely, uh, definitely up there. You can listen to... Uh, Buy their stuff, uh, listen to their stuff, uh, enjoy their stuff. I'm not in the band, but uh, I've, I've been to most of their shows. You might as well be. <laughs> yeah. And Matt, you've got a million projects still already up. You know, you ran an entire label that uh, yeah. released uh, myself and Geo. Right. Um, Juniper Tree Songs, the late great Juniper Tree Songs. Um, so, yeah, you've got stuff to plug, man. We'll do it for you, though. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, thanks again, Matt. Um, and of course, being the first episode of the Skippables, you're always welcome back. Mm -hmm. You're canon. 
when when you talk about another band with only four albums, uh, give me a call. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, sounds you good. Can pick, you can just pick whatever band you want, but uh, we do appreciate the it, the insight into the the early nineties. Uh, yeah, totally. Era. Yeah. It's very useful. Um, all right, so that's for all of us uh, guys. Don't let the world skip you. <laughs> don't. Don't let it skip you on by. All right. See you later, guys. Have a good one, guys. Skippable.